Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you're in the world. This is Avi of the Blago Blago Podcast. So I want to come on here and uh, briefly talk about this London Derby that we saw today. Arsenal-Tottenham, not a good result if you're an Arsenal supporter such as myself. Bad result, needed something out of this game, whether it was a point or three, preferably three, with how much we've been struggling. Obviously that didn't work out. Tottenham were spectacular. They did what they had to do. Bring your style of play where you just kind of sit back and hit teams on the counter really worked today. I mean, two chances, two goals. Arsenal had much more of the ball, something like 66%. Um, about 250 more passes, I believe, something in that region. Um, it just didn't didn't go our way today and it has been going our way basically all season. Uh, so I just want to talk a little bit about where the club is at and where it's going and stuff that needs to be done, um, in my opinion. Look, we're 10 games in, 10 matches in. The schedule has been, I don't want to, so I'm, I don't want to look for excuses, but the schedule has been very tough. So we played pretty much everyone from the top six or that you think are going to be in the top six this year. And we haven't done well, apart from Manchester United, which is one though. Um, going forward, the next few matches, actually, let me just pull up the schedule here. So this is only uh, the EPL. So you have Burnley, where you have to take you have to take three points. They're struggling as well. Uh, Southampton, you have to take three points. Uh, they started off well, and they've struggled a little bit recently. You have to take those three points. Everton match, you need at least a point. Like, I know Everton started hot, and now they're kind of cooled off a little bit. But you need those three points. And then you have Chelsea, which we play at home. Look, they're in a good, they're in good form, but they also, I guess, Champions League won't matter that much because because we're finished with that, I believe, until uh, until February. So um, they're gonna be rested, and that's Boxing Day, that's twenty sixth. And you got Brighton, you got uh, West Brom, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Newcastle, uh, Southampton. Like these are these are matches. Like after these matches are done, we're gonna know where we stand basically. Like you're gonna get a really good idea of where our Arsenal is as a football club um, after the next ten matches or so. Because out of those, let's say it's the next ten matches, you're gonna need something like twenty-three points. Like you're gonna need out of a possible thirty, you're gonna need like twenty-three just to keep pace with the other guys because the other guys are slowing down. You know what I mean? So the only thing that we can kind of um, hope happens is all these teams that are left in the Champions League that they kind of. Um, uh, use a, like a combined roster where they kind of, well actually not a combined roster, but where they use a deeper roster because of whatever happens in Champions League and if they go on to um, the quarterfinals, semifinal finals, whatever, etc. Um, that's basically it because um, the teams in the top four haven't really showed any sign of slowing down and we haven't shown any signs of speeding up. I had no issue with today's lineup. Nothing. People complain about Holden not being good enough, and, he, and he's not. But I expect him to start. The defense didn't really have... So they didn't have too much to do today. But when they did, they failed. Like Tottenham came out and scored two goals whenever they had a chance. The middle of the pitch, Thomas Partey. I see people saying that, you know, they didn't want Thomas to start because of the injury and whatnot. Okay, and I get it. But there's also people who are pushing for him to start. And 
people were saying, you know, even if um, even if he's injured, like give it a go and stuff. He gave it a go and look what happened. Now the now the situation is probably even worse than what it was with his injury. And that's the worst thing that could happen when he's the only reliable center central midfielder that you have. When he's the, the only one with any type of experience with winning in that central midfield area. It's come from Atletico Madrid. They're in semifinals, quarterfinals of the Champions League every year. They're first, second, or third in La Liga. When it's when they finish fourth or fifth, it's a failed season for them. So this is the guy that you want to push. And thus far, the biggest match of the season for us. I I don't think it should have been done. Because I don't know what the story is now with his injury, but if it's worse than what it was, it's an issue now. Because now you really have no one. And now you're relying on Xhaka and Ceballos to basically get us out of where we are right now. And I think it's time we start experimenting with some other players at that position. So whether that's Willick, whether that's if you want to use Ainsley Mayton Niles there, I mean, look, they can't be worse than what we currently have. And Xhaka's time with the club is coming to a finish. People on Twitter are talking about he had a really good game. He should have been booked four or five times. So, I mean, he survived the Arsene Wenger regime. He survived Unai Emery. He survived Arteta. So, when you've played under three managers, and the results continue to get worse and worse, and this this goes for Hector Bellerin as well. I actually really like Hector because he's one of our own. But when the, when the results get worse and worse, at some point, people have to look at you and say, maybe you're the issue here. Because it's three different coaches with three different philosophies, and you haven't really been that great for any of them. And when I said last year, when he stripped off the badge, or a year and a half ago, last year, a year and a half ago, it doesn't matter. But when he stripped off the badge and he was yelling at the fans and stuff, like stuff like that you don't forgive as a club. You can't forgive for something like that. People pay big money to come and watch him play, and he's he's walking off the pitch as if the club was up. So you can't forgive for stuff like that. I'm surprised. Like what what Guendouzi did, I honestly still don't even know why he's being kept out of the lineup and why we left him alone. If it's because of what happened at the Brighton game, something like that sticking up for your teammate, ten or twenty years ago would have been praised, and he would have been the first name on the team sheet. Now you do something like that, and you're relegated to. First training alone, then I believe he played with the U23s, and then now he's on loan at Hertha Berlin where he starts every match. So I don't I don't know what it is, but he's 21. Give the kid a chance. Everyone makes mistakes. If he was 27, 28 and did this, then I'd, I'd understand. But he doesn't have a, rec- a track record of doing stuff like that. So I don't get what the issue is. What Jaka did was just as bad. He ripped off the armband, he was walking slow, he was coming, fans to F off. So I don't know why he continues to get these second, third, fourth chances. He's not a club icon. He's just been here for four or five years, but the team's done nothing with him there. We haven't we've won what an FA Cup and supporters she won. So I think the reconstruction of the midfield needs to happen, whether that's it should be in January. If we're going to compete with anything, if we plan on getting back to Champions League. Because the Europa League is going to be really tough. There's a lot of good
good teams are third in their division or third in their groups in Champions League. So they're gonna be coming down to Europa League. Now you could the only thing you do is hope and pray that they don't that they play their kind of second team. Which they probably won't. Because Europa League for a lot of teams so we'll we'll get a clearer picture once January and February and March roll around. But winning the Europa League might be the only escape for some teams to get back to Champions League, depending on where they are in the domestic league, obviously. So if a so if a team is eight in their domestic league, they're obviously gonna put all their eggs in the Europa League basket, hoping that they could win there and get back to Champions League, which is kind of what Sevilla did last year. So reconstruction needs to happen ASAP. I released actually on my YouTube video after the match, just a brief little recap. I would bring back Winduzi from his loan, bygones be bygones, and match him up with Partey in the midfield whenever he's back. And depending on how long he's out, obviously. But let's say he's out until mid-January, late January. Let's just say I don't, I haven't, I haven't read anything online, severity or anything like that. So let's say he comes back mid-January. So you bring back Winduzi in January. You let him play a few games with wherever it is, Ceballos, uh, Jaka, would like I'd even try in that position, just to kind of get caught up to speed again, and then you then you put Gunduzi and, and uh, Partey in, in the midfield there, and you go with that. Look, the creativity, this team needs a creative player. There's literally no one on this roster, at least no one getting playing time, who can make a difference. It's all wingers and, and strikers. I can't wait for Martinelli to get back, which is a name that a lot of people have actually forgotten about, and he was really good last season in the time that he was on the pitch. The way I look at this, we can't wait for a 19 or 20 year old, whatever he is, for him to come back so we can have some have some type of shot. Like that's crazy to me to think about when there's experienced players on this team who have played in World Cups, Euro Cups, and stuff like that. And we can't wait for a you know, 19, 20 year old to come back to kind of get us in line again. So I'm excited for him to be back. He should be back soon. Um, he's obviously training with the team again. And like Emil Smith-Rowe, I don't know what this kid has to do. If you weren't planning on using him, why wasn't he loaned out? And it's not even... He had a good loan spell last year at Huddersfield in, in second tier. But it's not even loaning him out to a second tier team. He can play on a bunch of Premier League teams and, and get a lot of playing time. You're telling me Fulham has better players than Neil Smith Rowe? West Brom? Sheffield United is a shell of themselves this year. So, I mean, the Ozil thing I understand, but at the same time, look, his contract's done at the end of the season. Just like when there was bygones, let bygones be bygones and let him play, because honestly, even if he had two or three assists this season, it would have been better than what we have now. It's just, there's, there's no one who can set up anything going forward. No one. Like I said, it's just unproven wingers and strikers. And then you'd like to see our uh, Reese Nelson get a little bit of a chance. And then Pepe's back, I believe, next game, next match. But Pepe's already in match form, so to say, because he has featured in Europa League. So um, I get that he was suspended three games, but he's played, so I mean, he shouldn't really have too much uh, catching up to do. And then, 
like Bayerin has been here for a long time, and I think his time is running out of the club. The issue I have isn't with, not so much with Bayern specifically, but we brought in Cedric, who plays Europa League games, and we also have Ainsley Maitenaus, who's like, plays for the English national team, and he can't even get into the club side. A club side that's 15. So I don't know what's going on here, but guys need to be given a chance. I like when coaches are hard on players because they're sticking to their guns. But if you've already kind of axed three or four players, then they need to be sold. And these guys were axed in the summer. It's not like this Ainsley Maitland-Niles stuff is new. I mean, since Arteta, Arteta got here, it was, you know, does he fit into the plans? Like, Gwendozi, he obviously loaned out. I thought Emil Smith was going to come back from loan and, and play a lot. He has it. But Balogun is. I don't think he's any worse than uh, Nketia. Although Nketia scores, so you can't really. Well, he doesn't score too much, but he does have goals in the senior team. So I don't know if you can really. Like, like what what's happening with Lacazette? If there's any consolation, I thought Lacazette was probably the best player today out there. He had a few chances, half chances. Really looked like he wanted it. And what's going on with Aubameyang, obviously. With Aubameyang, I think it's something um, deeper than just form. I, I, pro I don't think he likes the fact that he's playing out on the wing, which I wouldn't either. My bread and butter, butter is scoring goals, and you're letting me play left wing. It doesn't make any sense. Especially it doesn't make sense when you have strikers who can't score up top. It makes no sense. And we have so many wingers... I don't know. There's a lot of wingers on this team. I expect Martinelli to come back and prove himself and to take a starting spot and to be a starter for the rest of the season. And then kind of, I think Pepe will, I mean, I can't say he's going to work his way in because it, it's been a year and a half. Like, we need to see some consistency. Like, we've seen some great games. We've seen some great goals from Pepe. But he's got to put it all together. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. I think he's on a short leash too. I don't. I think this red card really kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And and if you believe some of the rumors that are out there, they could be looking to sell him this summer. So it's another situation to kind of keep your eyes on and to follow throughout the season. But I mean, yeah, Reese Nelson and um, Martinelli need to be given some time. Um, I also thought to myself, I've been thinking the last maybe like a week or so, if I were to sit down and write a starting 11 for Arsenal of players who deserve it, who deserve to start, and who are in form this season, what would that starting 11 look like? There's maybe three names that you can jot down in that starting 11 who are starters for sure every week. And that's Leno because he has no competition at, at the goalkeeping position, and he's been He's had a little bit of a rough patch this year as well. Um, so it's it's Leno, it's Gabriel, Tierney, a healthy Thomas Partey, but I think it's tough to say Partey because he's played in two, three matches. And I still want to say Aubameyang, even though he hasn't scored a lot this year because he hasn't been played striker this year, to tell you the truth. And that's it. That's like three, four names. And all the rest is kind of, let's see what Arteta surprises surprises us with this week. And, it, uh, and to tell you the truth, it, I think it was kind of like that with Unai Emery. And I think it probably was 
like that before uh, Arson left. Like I think with Unai Emery, like he just what I loved about him, he tried to fight fire with fire. Like he would go in a Man City line match just <laughs> feeling like an ultra attacking team and just hoping he could out- outscore Manchester City. City and that would never happen. It actually never happened against any uh, top sixteen. But sometimes that's how you gotta do it. Um, I think if you're a coach that's not really known for like his defensive work, then that's kind of tough to do. Like if Mourinho did that, you'd you'd be all for it because he's used to that. But when you're an offensive coach and then you feel a like a defensive lineup, that's really not gonna work. And your team's not used to that either because you're used to playing, you know, attacking football, scoring goals, making it look pretty, and all that stuff. So it's a very, very interesting, I guess, point that we're at in the season. It, I'm not, I'm not panicking. It's just unfortunate that they lost the match today, that the way that they did. I think Tottenham had control of the match entire, in the entire game, because even though it was only two nothing, like we didn't look like we were scoring anytime soon. Like if we played for three days, we wouldn't have scored. I didn't think Ceballos was that bad. I see a lot of him catching a lot of flack on Twitter. I didn't think he was that bad. I think he put in a lot of good balls. We just couldn't capitalize on it. I thought Saka, Saka played really well. Um, William again, I don't think he was that bad, but like we're comparing him to the William that we've seen this year, which hasn't been very good. So I don't know if that's saying much. And again, Aubameyang just didn't show up today either. And... Uh, I believe I re- someone asked a question at, about Aubameyang on, on Twitter, and I said, look, if you have to sit him for the next next game at least, I would do it. Just just to... And I know he's been sitting our Europa League matches, but it, it's kind of... We're through, so there's no need to, to put him up there. And I get that, and a lot of teams do that. But, like, if you sit him during a league match, then he kind of... He can take it two ways. He can take it as disrespect, or he can look at himself and say, "Listen, I really, I really deserve this because I haven't performed well." And he hasn't performed well. He's our captain. I love Aubameyang. As soon as he came from Borussia Dortmund, I was like, "Man, we got a good one here." So I don't know, and I think the formation is is kind of out of whack too. Not out of whack, but we go, we try to go with a lot of different formations the last four or five matches. Like there's four four two, then there's four three three, and there's three four three, and it's it's kind of all over the place. I don't know if, if the players even know what to expect anymore, and that's I'm not sticking up for the players or anything. I'm just saying, like on a game to game basis, it's you don't really know what to expect with the formation. Which when you're losing, I get it. You kind of have to search around for the answers, and that's what um, Arteta is trying to do. But yeah, I I fully back Arteta still. Until he, until he proves, like, look, he beat Liverpool last year in Manchester City and Chelsea and, actually, I don't even know if it was Manchester City in that cup run. And then he defeated Manchester City, or Manchester United this year, 10th streak. So, I mean, look, he's a young manager, he's learning on the job, but he's got, he has to stay one step ahead of his opponents. So when he sets out a game plan, and the opposition crushes that game plan, he has to have a, a plan B. And if that doesn't work, he has to have plan C, and a D, and a E, and so on. Which is something that I think Mourinho does really well. Actually, he just throws on more more defensive players if his plan isn't working. So, And at his disposal, he has a lot of good attacking players, to be fair. But so do we. 
we can't sit here and say we don't have attacking players. Like we have a like I said, we have Pepe who paid a lot of money for. We have Aubameyang. You know what I mean? And that's why I said it. That's why I say if guys aren't playing up to par, they can be replaced. And I think there's a lot of guys on the bench waiting for their turn. I'm eager to see what this clean or uh, clean out looks like in January and if it's going to happen. I usually don't believe everything I read in the press, but this one I actually believe because Arteta's been here for a year now, and he's you kind of within a year, within probably six months, you know what you're going to get from every guy. You probably know what you're going to get from every guy the first month. To tell you the truth. So this clean out is going to be interesting. So I think it's going to be guys like Glashinets um, and and Socrates and David Luiz. I think already has a contract until the end of the summer. Like what happens with um, Callum Chambers and Holding. And, because remember, Holding was pretty much on his way to Newcastle alone. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out. It's going to be also interesting to see what he does with some of the younger players. Is he going to loan out, loan out maybe a Reese Nelson if he can't get the playing time? So I don't know. Like I said, does he stay on the team? Although that, that's more than likely going to happen in the summer if he's um, sold or, or whatnot. Like Balogun, like, is he going to get a chance to play? I'm telling you, he's not an 18 worse than what we have now. We just can't score goals. We cannot score goals. We have, what, 10 goals in 10 matches? That's a goal a match. That's not good enough. That's good enough if you beat everybody 1-0 and you haven't conceded, and that's the only way it's good enough. We paid a lot of money for some of these guys, and this is why I say Ozil's on his way out. Obviously, once his contract's done, you know, he's going to be on his way out. I get that. It's not like he's being replaced by players that are better than him. And I'm, first of all, I'm not a big Ozil guy. I never really was, even when he was at his peak. I don't know, I just never really liked that guy for some reason. But, like, his assist record speaks for itself, and his passing speaks for itself. I didn't like him just because he didn't get back and defend a lot. But now I understand that that was just Wenger's philosophy. Like, he's so good offensively, why waste him coming back? So now I get that. And it's something people try to tell me for a long time back then. Now I finally get it. Like, I can see why. Because he did so much offensively. Why even waste? Why let him be a liability tricking back and defending? Why? There's no reason. And that's why I think Alexis Sanchez played really well in that role because he would trek back. And his, I say to this day, Alexis Sanchez gave you 110% every match, every single match. He'd score for you, he'd defend, he'd pass, he'd set up, play, everything, everything. It was a pleasure to watch, especially him and Ozil. So you bring back Ozil for whatever's left of his contract, you let him play until June, and you let him walk. But you have to have a replacement. Because right now, we don't have anyone. None of it has his replacement. We don't have anyone on the roster who could play that spot, and that's where... Bavar comes in, and then um, the Hungarian kid, uh, Dominic, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. So if you want to, something needs to be done in January, though. Because we lack creativity, and you're not going to, you're not going to move up any further in, 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 the, in the standings. And clearly that's what's, that's what's lacking. The, the, the defense has actually been really good this year, all things considered. Like, we use the league goals. And now we've kind of um, done really well this year, all things considered, like I said, with Gabriel being new too. And like, Lim Saliba, like, there's no way he's any worse than holding or... I actually don't think that Luis is that bad. 
like he's not worse than Socrates. Like, I don't, I don't understand what the issue is with just sitting him on the bench unless there's some kind of in his contract, unless there's some kind of bonuses if he spends 10, 15 matches on the bench that he gets an extra half a million or whatever. I'm just making up figures now. But even then, there's just start the kids. See what you have. You can't say he's not good enough for Arsenal Football Club. And I'm not saying anyone is saying this, but clearly if he's not on the bench, people don't think he's good enough. So if that's the case, either loan him out, which I don't want to see them do because it's going to crush his confidence. But throw the kid into the fire. Let him play in, in cup matches. What's the, what's the issue with giving him... I realize now it's a little bit different because there's three subs. We don't have five subs anymore. But give him 10, 15 minutes, minutes in matches where we're up 3-0, if that even happens this season. And just let him get his feet under him. Let him adjust to the game. He's not going to adjust in training. How's he going to learn the Premier League in training? He can't. So he has to be able to play. You have to give him minutes. Otherwise, this is... We wait. It's funny because when the season started, I thought Gabriel would be um, in Saliba's position and Saliba would be in Gabriel's position. And it's been the total opposite. And it's like, what's going on? And I, I don't know. And, you know, when every time they ask Arteta about about um, about Saliba and like Ozilin, he always says great things, they work hard in training, they do this, they do that, and then they can't even make the bench. So it's very interesting to see what's going to happen. I think, I don't want to say this next transfer window is crucial because it's January, a lot of big transfers usually don't happen, they have, but usually you don't see big transfers. They need to do something, especially with the creativity. They need to find an answer. Um, the Norwich uh, kid, uh, Buenadilla, Buenadilla or something like that. His name's been brought up. But the issue is, and I don't mind, I haven't watched too much of him, so I can't really comment, but the issue is we've gone from um, the Hungarian kid, uh, Salazai, to a war to now a kid that plays second tier. And that's nothing against him. He could be very good. So, it, it's just, I think it's kind of a letdown for all fans because we've talked about all these guys and there's rumors about like Isco coming in and stuff like that. And then you talk about a kid who plays tier two. And again, nothing against tier two or Norwich or anything like that. But man, like you let their out of the club with that sometimes. So it's going to be interesting. I think, like I said, these next 10 matches or so are very crucial. It's going to define the season. So starting next match against Burnley, we have to see a different Arsenal or that eighth position that we had last year. It's going to be even worse this year. It might not even be top ten this year with the way that we're playing. And I think there's there might be something, even with the players, where guys don't get along or something because even when Unai Emery was there, it's basically the same players. There's a few new faces, but it's the same guys. And like I say, I always say, it's easier to fire the manager than it is to sell 23 guys. It's way easier. But then a new manager comes in, he has a new philosophy. The team loves the new philosophy, plays really well, like we did when Arteta first came here. 
for 10 matches and then everything's back to normal and it's like that adrenaline has worn off of the new manager and everyone is back to normal you can't make average players great just by a new manager coming in when they've shown you with the three previous managers they're just average players so going forward something obviously needs to change the formation stuff you know what we four two three one once party is back I think it's probably our best option it's we've ran it for so many years even with Wenger and Wenger was he you know four three three was also one of his choices so four two three one or four three three I just don't like when we play three at the back how we're using Tierney as a center back and we're and then we don't have anyone on that left side that's that's the only issue that I have with that um, so that's why I don't really like that I, I like the four at the back more um, and then whatever whatever happens with Bahrain you know he's got to be able to he's got to be able to rotate other guys so that's the episode for today uh, like I said bad North London Derby at least the fans were back so I guess that's I guess it's good for Tottenham since they were the home team. Um, but yeah, that's the episode for today. So remember to follow me. Leave some comments for me. Try to get back to you guys. So this is obviously going to go up on, on Anchor FM. And then I'm going to uh, try to upload it on uh, YouTube as well. So take care, guys. And enjoy what's left of your weekend. See you again.